Good afternoon and welcome back to the EJS show on the Liberty Block. This show is being recorded live and will be available within a few hours as a podcast. We invite anyone listening to us as a podcast to join with us live on Zoom or by phone and to send feedback to show at protonmail.com. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, guys. Hey, Mike. Hey, Jody. This is Ed. I think you also forwarded you an email, I think, from a gentleman in Denmark who said the podcast. I didn't know that was our target audience, but. Well, I I hope he's listening and he starts the EJS fan club. Yeah, I think it was Denmark. It was one of those countries over there, the other end of the world. So I didn't see the email. I'll take a look later. oh, Oh, I thought I forwarded it to everybody. I think so. But anyway, so first up, as always, is COVID. And it's just so much going on. And it's just so crazy. You got Fauci pushing vaccine mandates in all schools. You got locals and states pushing either vaccine mandates or mask mandates or both in many schools. You got more and more studies coming out saying masks don't help, which nobody seems to care about anyway. Um, Let's see what else you got. You got studies saying that vaccines don't prevent hospitalization. When you got studies obviously saying natural immunity is better than vaccines, which apparently even Pfizer is starting to talk about, which is really interesting to me. And um, you had the case where this count, the judge in Chicago stripped the mother of parental rights. She wasn't vaccinated, but apparently he backed off and gave them back. And I don't know if that's because of public outcry, in which case this is great, yeah, or because of so. insanity, in which case, I guess it's a little bit less than great. Um, we have a story from San Diego The Board of Supervisors is declaring COVID misinformation a public health crisis, and they're looking into ways to get even more power to stifle misinformation. And as we all know, misinformation is anything Fauci disagrees with within the last last five minutes. And then when none of that disinformation can get published, they say, see, nobody disagrees with us, so we must be right, which I'll talk about a little bit more later when we get to the ivermectin section. So anyway, that's my opening rant on COVID. Please chime in. Uh, Yeah, the COVID misinformation thing. I mean, that is true. COVID misinformation is very dangerous, but like you said, it generally is one-sided and the misinformation is pretty heavy generally on the left, but that doesn't seem to be an issue because as you alluded, it comes from the left, of course, it's indisputable, except when it is. But one of the things you brought up about, um, you know, masks and studies and such. And I think one of the things I find most distressing, um, I listen to people in positions of academic and medical and scientific leadership. Um, and it doesn't distress me so much that they sort of aren't really aggressive about the fact that the science doesn't really show that masks make that much of a difference. What disturbs me and distresses me so deeply is that they don't consider stopping to ask, could the masks be causing harm? And that's the part, and I've said it so many times, you know, we don't know how bad misuse could be. We don't know if it could be spreading it faster, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, but the fact that the science, the supposed scientific communities, people who have really um, a responsibility to science um, don't seem to be interested in asking. And I was reading something that was in the show notes and it was, um, I think it was some local public health person basically saying, yeah, you know, masks don't work. And when they're dirty, they really don't work. And she said, you know, but if it's between a dirty mask and no mask, well, yeah, I guess, you know, a dirty mask is, is better than nothing. That is so not a scientific answer. And what people need is a scientific answer, not, well, yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, literally, how do you know? What is the science that would say a dirty mask is actually better than no mask? Even if you consider the logic of a mask filled with tiny particles of uh, deadly you know, COVID and you're touching it and you're putting it all over. I just logically that statement to me it is just appalling that somebody would would say it, let alone somebody in the scientific community. Yeah, I hear parents at certain these town halls or, or the, I love these board of education meetings where the minute a parent gets up to say anything, they walk out of the room or they shut down the meeting there was even mm -hmm. one in Texas where I think it was a board of ed meeting where the cops were called to drag the person out of the room, which brings up this whole issue of all the police who say, oh, we would never do that. But when push comes to shove, police will 99% of the time do what they're told, including getting violent with somebody for not wearing a mask. One of the pundits on a podcast was ranting about Biden wearing his mask during that, what do they call that? Um, there's that fancy word when they hand over the coffins not significant. I forget. I forget what they call it. When they handed over the coffins of the 13 people that Biden allowed to die. And then when he was talking to the parents, he insisted on wearing his mask and how masks have literally, literally become the sacrament. And it's, yeah. it's even beyond virtue signaling. It's now just a sign of purity and holiness. And if you don't buy into it, you're a horrible person. Leaving aside the problem that little kids, as one of the mothers said, they eat their masks. Forget that they share masks and swap masks right. and pull them down and pick up somebody else's. And it's it's just forget the damage it does. Well, you know, and mark my words, I'm gonna I want to be on record because in five years or so, there's gonna be an entirely new environmentalist movement about how masks are all over our planet, that you know, they're hurting our birds and our wildlife who are getting caught in the loops and you know, that they're destroying, you know, our earth. So all of these, my issue again, the people who should know better should be asking a lot of questions, not just pushing something. I mean, there's so many questions. You, you can't just say it's good and here's the good that it does. You have to always ask what, what are the things do we need to consider? What are the things that, you know, what harm could be doing from this new therapy because you know community mask use is a new therapeutic it's it's not you know studied and really old so i just i'm it mind boggles me that so many people who should know better aren't acting with scientific foresight okay i'm gonna channel, i'm gonna channel ed maslish and then ed can comment and see if i'm starting to understand that everything sure. you're saying, Jody, makes sense if the goal is to have a healthy public. Yeah. 
But if the goal has nothing to do with that, and the goal is to totally dismantle society and take over control and have people at each other's throats and have general chaos, then everything that they're doing does make sense. How how was that, Ed? It sounds like we're married. Oh, God. forget. That was very good. You channeled Ed very well. Not only did you channel me generally, that was exactly what I was about to say. I was about to inject that. I think we got to end the show right there. Just end it. No, I think I've learned that from you, that we always look at the wrong ball, if you will. Yeah. What they're doing makes sense if they're not trying to do what they're trying to convince us they're trying to do. Right. And according to Ed Maslisch, they know exactly what they're doing. Of course. They're very good at it. and, And misinformation is never a health crisis, ever. The, the, the solution, the, the solution to the problem of misinformation or false speech is more speech yeah. and honest speech and truthful speech. And the fact that they're not offering truthful speech in response just further betrays what their motivations are. They're, it's not about public health at all. It's about stifling dissent and about enforcing an orthodoxy, right or wrong, with them being the ones in charge of deciding which orthodoxy to impose. Well, we know that because we saw what ha- happened to Alex Berenson this last week on Twitter. He's the latest to go because he's spoken truth to power on this issue from the beginning. And he's been quite right about a lot of it. And uh, it didn't even take anything t- too controversial. Like, he-, he didn't have a specific tweet or anything that was out of the ordinary from what he's been saying. And Twitter pulled the plug on him. So he needs to you be know, silenced. I'll beat the drum. I'll beat another drum that I've been beating for, for months. And that's that part of the issue is the Republicans don't fight. And, you know, for instance, you know, it's utter it's utter BS what the Democrats are doing about, you know, like take the, take the eviction moratorium. There's no way on God's green earth that, that evictions have anything to do with COVID. I mean, there may be some, you know, way incidental connection, but, you know, on the same ground, you know, what do you think the Democrats would do if if DeSantis said, you know, illegal gun use is a real public health hazard. We're going to we're going to suspend review of gun licenses and just let everybody get licenses and we're going to suspend the taxes on on ammunition because people need to be able to defend themselves. Right. I mean, everyone would know that that's utter BS, but that's the equivalent of what the Democrats are doing. You know, I mean, what if what if some Republican said, you know, we're going to, you know, I'm trying to think of, of, a, of a state that has a Democrat legislature and a Republican governor. I can't think of one right now. But, you know, if they said, you know, well, you know, COVID is a real health crisis, so we're going to suspend, you know, people need to be able to afford medical treatment. So we're going to suspend income taxes. Or we're going to suspend income taxes for the wealthy, right? I mean, everyone would know that that's BS, but it's the exact equivalent of what the Democrats have been doing. And if Republicans start just fighting back and hitting with the exact same kind of punches that the left does, then the left might have to start thinking twice about some of the things they do. Right now, they do things and there's no retribution, zero. They, they do it and either they get their way or, or somebody, you know, cries foul but they just, they keep doing what they want to do. Nobody does anything in response. And, you know, we have to, Republicans need to understand that they're at war. And I don't mean that, you know, hyperbolically. We're literally at war with these people. They are trying to destroy us. 
segregate us, put us in camps, and we need to fight back. And we need, and Republicans need to understand the gravity of the situation. And I don't think a lot of them do. So McCarthy's statement, which I think is today, I'm looking at the story here. Yeah, today, September last night. Companies that comply with House Democrats probe may lose ability to operate in the United States. So it sounds like now he's talking more about the January 6th commission, I believe. Yeah. At least he's seemingly saying to big tech, if you go there and you dump our information to Congress, you're going to be punished when we come back in power. So yeah, I, but you know what, Steve? I mean, I, I heard that statement. And, no, I don't. And, I was about to say I don't believe a word of it anyway. But at least somebody's saying something. But even if you even if you believe it, it, it could have been so much stronger. I mean, what would the Democrats do? The Democrats would say, you know, if the shoe were on the other foot, Pelosi and all the Democrats would demand that McCarthy disavow the effort. Would say you need to just disavow this, and you need to say you're not going to do this. And if you do, we're going to hold you personally responsible and we're going to hold every responsible Republican on the committee responsible. Why doesn't McCarthy personalize it? Why doesn't he go after them individually and and make them disavow it? I mean, how many times have we heard Democrats, you know, say, oh, President Trump, you've got to disavow the Proud Boys. You've got to disavow this group and you've got to disavow this. They're, They're constantly demanding that we disavow things. This is her goddamn commission. Why don't we make her disavow this this request? It's, it's ridiculous. Right. Yes, McCarthy's statement was good. Yes, it was strong, but it wasn't nearly strong enough. Ed, I'm going to let you channel me in revenge. What would I answer? <laughs> um, I, always I don't know. Maybe I'm not as good a spouse as you are. What would you I'm answer? Are you dancing like he's... I'm a one-trick pony. So I'm going to blame it on the media. The pressure comes from the media. The yeah. media demands that Trump disavows. The media demands that the Republicans disavow, et cetera, et cetera. And the media will never pressure the Democrats for what they're doing. So McCarthy's spitting into the wind at best. No, but I mean, he could have put it into his statement. Okay, and and Democrat politicians will say it. It's not just the media, the politicians themselves say it. You know, I think that lets him get away with the fact that there's no willingness to fight at the heart of it. I mean, you're either willing to fight or you're not. Marjorie Taylor Greene is willing to fight. She's willing to stick her neck out there and go on Facebook and Twitter and say what she thinks. I mean, obviously, call them communists. She calls them communists, yeah. and these are communist tactics. These Why people, can't McCarthy say that? He's a career politician who's comfortable where he is, and he doesn't want to upset the apple cart. He's content to stay there, get his salary, get all the perks, uh, the pensions, and everything else that are going to come with it. What 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 incentive is there for him to fight at all? They so don't care. They don't care about us. Let's be real. He's I mean, part of the problem. Clearly, no, not I, I agree with you 100%. Of course, the Republicans let or made Marjorie Taylor Greene be kicked off of all the committees because they don't want anybody rocking the boat because oh, she, you know, they she's, their en- she's their enemy too. We're stupid. We will reelect McCarthy another 5,000 times until long after he's dead because that is what we do. And when push comes to shove, we will make him Speaker of the House. Because that's how the power in Congress works. And it's very sad. Why, why should, like you say, Mike, right. why should he care? No, he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, we go through this cycle every time. I mean, we had Paul Ryan the last time, right? I mean, it's like Paul Ryan yeah. started was a good guy. He has gone so far left. I mean, he just made that statement the other day about the election. It, it's mind boggling. 
Wait, I didn't catch that. What did he say? I didn't know he said something. Totally not rigged, totally not stolen. Trump lost fair and square. Ryan is so far up the you-know-whats of the you-know-whos. Why? What happened? That's where the cocktail circuit parties and the money and the power is made. And it's not made only- Where is he now that he's financially benefiting from this position? Um, I don't know where he is specifically, but you could do it writing books. You could do it being on TV commentating. You could do it by being on the boards of all the gazillionaire companies all over the world. You could be making money from China. That's where the money is. And it's unbelievable amounts of money. And you don't make that money when you're on the other side. It's, it's beyond sad. And But we will keep electing the same people. McConnell will still be in charge etc. So it's not like they don't have the uh, cojones to fight. They don't care. And thank you for just nailing that, Mike. Mm-hmm. Two or three people yep. in Congress care. I will say yep. I probably uh, stole from one of my kids his official Lauren Boebert rifle Colorado hat the other day. So, which I'm even more proud of than the Ted Cruz sign hat. <laughs> for obvious reasons, huh. because where are the Ted Cruz's? and everybody else on all of these issues. Every five days, they stick their head out of their holes and make a statement, and then they go back. Because my understanding of Congress is senators have three full days a week during which they're allowed to do nothing but fundraise. Doesn't leave a lot of time for anything else. I wanna touch on the ivermectin issue only because in collecting information just on stories this week, my head was spinning off of its rocker. So you have a judge in, I believe it's in Ohio, who orders a hospital to treat somebody with ivermectin. You have a woman suing in California to be given ivermectin. And you got the press going all out, calling this a uh, horse dewormer. This is their new thing. Every article against ivermectin is these horrible Republicans who inject bleach into you and run grandma off of cliffs are trying to convince you to use a horse dewormer and their CDC is getting more calls or the poison control centers are getting more calls about people dying from this horse dewormer and being poisoned by it. I mean, they're, they're so desperate to prevent, God forbid, anyone from taking a drug that they want to take whose doctor feels is appropriate for them, while, of course, they're always screaming, that's between you and your doctor. <laughs> apparently, now they're mad because there was an article out. They're mad because Amazon, apparently, has been caught selling the deworming drug as a possible cure. Now, I didn't get to read the whole story, but <laughs> you can never be crazy enough. So basically, you go to your doctor. He says, I think this will help you. You say, yes, I'd love to try it. And we said before, there were governors who banned hydroxychloroquine, which I think was an unprecedented step. And now with ivermectin, they are petrified. There was a study out of Israel, apparently, that Israel's saying we can cure people for a dollar a day on ivermectin, but they are so petrified, it's no longer ivermectin, it's a horse dewormer. How about if a Republican in Congress introduces a bill to waive sovereign immunity against the FDA and the CDC for drugs that are either approved or not approved? How about we get them to go on record? If the Democrats want to say, oh, these guys are experts, how about let, let them put their money where their mouth is? Let them be held responsible the way experts are. Mm-hmm. You know that they would never go for that. And let them- Amen to that, right. I mean, you know, we have to fight. 
and, and we have to think of outside the box ways of fighting. The way we're fighting right now, we're losing and we need to fight and fight hard. Now we have those two people who resigned from the FDA over the boosters. Anybody following that? Uh, I saw something about saw it, but something. I didn't see the whole story. No. Yeah, I didn't see the it whole just... story, but at least there seemed to be one or two people with half a brain. Apparently the FDA and the CDC are not on the same page on some of these things, which is pretty funny. I mean, I think the WHO sometimes is on the wrong page and not agreeing with Fauci all the time. Who knows? But again, why does government have all of this immunity to begin with? And I'm sure we've all well, seen pretty block writing articles <laughs> abolish the FDA for various reasons. Didn't they just pass right to try under Trump? I mean, I don't know the exact details of that law, but I mean, they passed it. I think that right to try requires you to be terminal. Is that is that the? Okay. I believe so. Yeah, and I, I think so too. First of all, I'm going to ask the same question I asked: Who gets to determine that, and based on what criteria? I mean, one of the cases where the judge forced the hospital to give ivermectin seemed to be in a terminal case. Not having read the decision directly, I don't know if that was even any part of it, but it seemed like the patient would have died anyway, so the judge says you got to do it. I don't know if he invoked that whole right to try issue. It's more than my body, my choice issue, et cetera, and between me and my doctor issue is what it should be. I mean, the, the, the principle is the same, of course, which is, it, it is my body, it is my choice, and I should be able to take whatever that, that I wish. And if you know, I think it's going to keep, keep me from dying from COVID, then who are you to stand in my way? Because our Liberty Block uh, colleague who lives in Ukraine tells us there are so many drugs that are sold over the counter in Ukraine that are so tightly regulated here in the States. Again, it makes you wonder, where is that my body, my choice thing? And if you want to put a substance into your body, whose business is it? And we don't even have nobody has socialized this. Somewhere. Follow the money. It's follow the money. Oh. Right. I mean, that that adds to the cynicism, right, that the pharmaceuticals are behind it. Well, I mean, we've got a nationwide effort to legalize marijuana even before the Congress repeals the marijuana laws federally. It's the same argument. I mean, you know, if we can take if we can decide whether we want marijuana in our bodies, why can't we decide if we want a horse dewormer in our body? So I have an idea. We need 420 for horse dewormers. I, the only caveat there is, you know, if you're taking a substance that can alter your ability to think straight. <laughs> On the horse dewormer or the marijuana? Uh, marijuana and alcohol. I mean, we do have some restrictions. You're not supposed to get behind the wheel and, and drive drunk, you know, so. Right. So if, if but if we're going to allow people to decide that, there's much less of a risk of letting them decide whether they want ivermectin. Oh, I agree. I agree. I'm curious, have they done any studies? Maybe the uh, NIH or somebody has funded studies. How many horse dewormer pills do you take before you start making funny noises? <laughs> why, why do we need to wait for the why do we need to wait for the Congress and the FDA, though? I mean, we have Republican states with Republican governors, Republican legislatures. Some all we need is one state to make it over the counter. One state and anyone who wants it will go to that state to buy it. Is that how it works? The states can make it over the counter? I thought that was all FDA. I mean, no. I mean, unless it's a, a banned substance, it's not a controlled substance under the federal statutes. That's interesting. It's, it's a state issue. We just need one state to decide, okay, we're going to let people come here and, and buy 
by ivermectin over the counter. Where, where is that state? Where, where, why doesn't DeSantis push for that in Florida? The state sounds like a job for DeSantis. So, sounds like you have a tweet coming, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> you should use our connections. That's, that's a pretty interesting idea. I mean, listen, it's probably harder to get ivermectin than a cigarette. Um, again, it's just so outrageous. And when, you, when, when I look at all these stories, and I realize that I'm seeing stories on both sides, but a very large percentage of Americans are only seeing the stories against, and then they accuse us of being murderers for even talking about it and calling it a health crisis if we even discuss it. Well, again, and, the, the, there's still this cognitive dissonance. I mean, I see liberal friends of mine on Facebook still pushing the vaccine, get the vaccine, get the vaccine. And it's like, okay, well, if it works, then what's your problem? Because I'm not a threat to you. You're telling me it works and you're protected right. and you're not going to die. So what's your problem? But in the meantime, obviously they're ignoring everything that's before our faces now that they're not really working. I mean, there's people every day that have been vaccinated and are getting COVID. I mean, it just happened to Noah Syndergaard on the Mets. And there's probably some other baseball players. A lot of guys on the Red Sox team right now are going on the COVID IL. <laughs> And I'm confident that at least some of them have had. The well, I know a bunch of Yankees a few years ago got it. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly uh, we see that the effectiveness of, of these quote unquote vaccines is, is waning over time. So, I mean, we have, we have another problem there. But they're, inconsistent. They're, they're inconsistent in their thought process. I'm not so sure. I'm really cynical. I think they're gearing up to, oh, it was working great. You just need boosters a lot sooner than we had anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> and so again, follow the money. They're just gearing up to have that be, oh no, sorry, no, it, it worked great. But for a much shorter period of time, everyone needs a booster. Yeah. So somebody asked me when I brought up that issue, they say, so you're accusing so many different governments in so many different countries of doing that same thing. And that was their final answer to that. Because yes, it is the pharmaceuticals making gazillions. If they can force a third and even a fourth booster, I mean, it's pretty much unlimited amounts of money. But people then say, well, we don't want to believe that everybody is in on that conspiracy. Well, I don't know who may, how many people are involved in that conspiracy, but I think that the time frame for them to keep pushing all these boosters is, I think it's short. I know that Fauci has floated the idea of almost perpetual boosters, but I think that's just talk. I don't think that they could get away with that. And I think they know they can't get away with it. I think that, you know, for instance, Israel is, is ahead of the curve. They were vaccinating much earlier than everyone. And their information is relatively truthful compared to at least the American information. And it's, it's, it's pretty clear from Israel that there's waning efficient uh, effectiveness of the of the vaccines. Um, and I, I don't think that there's going to be that. I think they only have maybe another three to six month window where they can continue to get away with this, with this lie, because the evidence is then going to be so overwhelming, that nobody's going to be able to cover it up. I mean, Israel is going to go a different direction. What is the info that's going to come out? What, 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 what's going to come out? That, that, that the vaccines that they... the vaccines don't prevent transmission they don't prevent 
uh, symptoms. They don't prevent anything. Okay, but do you really think that information is going to come out or, or, or are the spin doctors just going to get on board with, oh, no, it worked great for a small period of time. Um, so we need to get back to that. So everybody needs to keep doing this over and over, get, keep getting these boosters. Now, every every three months, because, you know, it's great for three months, but that I'm just, I don't know if they'll ever admit that would be a big admission. I don't, I don't think they're going to admit. I think that they're planning something else that's going to distract us. I mean, you know, we haven't gotten to Afghanistan yet, but I, I have my suspicions that the whole Afghanistan debacle was part of, I think it was intentional. And I think that the reason for the, the intent was to begin the distraction of our country from COVID to something else. And I think something else is coming. I think, uh, you know, we can get into that when we talk about Afghanistan. Hey, can I, I make a proposal? Maybe from now on, we we refer to Fauci as lead spin doctor. I'm just going to toss doctor. that out there. <laughs> spin doctor or witch doctor would work for me. Yeah. yeah, I cannot get a good answer from anybody about if the vaccines work. Why do you care if I get it? That that seems to be a loss. You know, New York is getting stronger now about their vaccine um, passport. There are signs going up everywhere saying you can't come in without vaccine proof. The Blasio just issued some kind of quote clarification on the rules. But what's so interesting about the virus, which is mutating to become even smarter, is it knows that it can't go, you can't go into a restaurant without a vaccine passport unless you're going in there to just get something quickly. Now, none of us humans have ever walked anywhere and changed our mind about how long we're going to stay, obviously. So it seems to know when you start, your, when you stop your car and park, are you going in quickly or are you going in to eat? Just like it knew that if you're walking towards your table, it can attack you. But once you sit down, it can't. And again, there is some pushback. There's nurses unions fighting it. The truck drivers apparently are going to go on strike and blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, we seem very powerless to do anything. And again, go back to January 6th, they, they show us who's got all the power. Did anybody take that army sergeant uh, threat to shoot at Americans seriously? I assume everybody saw that video, that 19 year old girl, army I sergeant. Saw I saw the video. I mean, why wouldn't you take it seriously? Um, Cause sometimes things are faked or whatever. Cause that's really, you didn't see it, Mike? No. Okay, it's I a 19 year old soldier who basically said, you know, enemies can include Americans as well. And when, basically, when you stop doing what we tell you to do, we'll shoot you too. Yeah, if we tell you to get in your homes and you don't get in your homes, mm -hmm. our guns are going to be pointed at you just like anybody oh, else. The firing squads. That's nice. Wait, where is this woman? She's some young um, uh, American soldier. The is actually on the very bottom of our show notes. Army Sergeant Shock saying she would shoot down Americans who yeah, didn't. Yeah, I missed that one. And again, you hear, oh, the, the army would never do that. You know, veering back into Afghanistan. And supposedly, the soldiers were ordered to turn back Americans at the gate to the airport with passports in their hands. And there are some people who are saying that is an order soldiers should have disobeyed. But at least per the stories, that's not an order any soldier disobeyed. And soldiers were quite capable of following orders and saying, 
I don't care if you have an American passport, I'm not letting you out of here to safety. So again, you don't even have to, I mean, that's almost conspiracy theory on some level, because we don't know what the order was. We don't know if that actually happened. But just look at, I mean, you mentioned the, the school board stories, right? And you mentioned, you know, we've got the police in this country arresting people who violate COVID edicts, right? And who are they? They're arresting Trump supporters for the most part. They're not arresting BLM people. They're not arresting Antifa people. They're, they're arresting all the people that support the police and they're allowing all the people that hate the police and are for defunding the police and disbanding the police to go wild and riot and, and attack police officers and police vehicles and police headquarters. So when I look at the, the police and the military, I don't see an ally. I don't see somebody, I don't see a group that's, that's dedicated to protecting us. You know, getting back to Afghanistan, look at uh, uh, what is that uh, lieutenant commander's name? Uh, Schelling? Scheller, I think. Scheller? I think so. I mean, he demanded, a, he, he didn't even, do, he, he, he said he wanted accountability and he gets fired. Who else is, who else is, is asking for accountability? I mean, how could you not ask for accountability in this situation? I mean, it's, it's one of the worst debacles that we've faced. And, and heads should roll. And the only explanation I can have for heads not rolling is that it was all intentional. And that, you know, the reason Biden can't fire anybody is because whoever he fires is going to point the finger up the chain of command to him. And they all know it's like murder on the Orient Express. They were all in on it. They were all part of it. And they're all going to lie together for as long as they have to. So when I look at the military and I look at the police, I don't, I want to support them and I want them to be our allies, but they've made it very clear that they're not our friends and that they're not our allies and they're perfectly willing to aid our enemies while the while our enemies point their guns at us. You know, whether it's the January 6th protesters or, you know, or, or occupying the Capitol the way they did. I mean, why didn't any military person say, you know, we are a free country. We don't occupy our, our Capitol. We don't put barbed wire around the Congress. You know, like uh, Scheller said in his video, where was any military person throwing his rank on the table saying this is a bad idea? Nobody. You know, somebody pointed out that there were many, many more troops stationed in D.C. than there were left in Afghanistan a week ago. And no one had any problem constantly extending that deadline. They were going to be out in January, out in February, out in March, out in April, etc. Yet the 2,500 soldiers in Afghanistan's August 31st deadline that was in stone. That had to be. Yeah, everything is 100% backwards. And I think that happened pretty fast that the people who did trust the military and the cops are slowly starting to lose that. I don't think that the August 31st deadline needed to be extended. I think that the way the withdrawal was conducted, it didn't matter if it was August 31st or December 31st or, you know, February 2nd or what. I mean, whenever it was, I mean, you don't, the, the military should have been the last ones to leave, not the first ones to leave. You evacuate your civilians, you evacuate your, your military equipment, and then when everything else is, is out, then you pull your troops out. I mean, a, a child could know that. I mean, it, that's, that's not rocket science. There's no way that that was a mistake. That was definitely intentional, and it was intended to hurt America and to arm the Taliban and to hurt the Americans that are still left there. Right. And, and, and frankly, I mean, I, this is a little conspiracy theory, but I think it, 
Biden is too stupid and demented at this point to understand, but it was designed to, to, to weaken him too, because ultimately he's the one who's going to be the fall guy for this. And he's going to be the one who's weakened the most. Yeah, but he can't be the fall guy because that's up to history and he's not going to be around to be reading it. And he wouldn't understand it. And for some reason, no one else cares. I think what's sad is there's so many years already that people in the military know that if you want to get past lieutenant colonel, you have to suck up and do what the politicians want. Um, I believe that's been a problem in Israel for many years. That And it happens almost every election cycle that the generals move hard left and then run for office. And I think that's what happens here. They know you have no career beyond a certain point if you don't go along. And again, well, where was Trump? Where was Trump for the last four years? Why didn't he replace these people? So it's, it's really interesting. We can blame Trump or we can say that just like all the other bureaucracies, they do what they want. They do not do what they're told. They slow walk. They refuse. You know, it's funny when um, people threaten to resign against Trump, like that was a major, major thing. Like he could never let that happen. But the thing doesn't work the same way. You've got like Vindman who, if I remember correctly, was testifying in uniform against Congress, in Congress against his commander in chief, correct? Yep. I think he, the George Washington statues have actually been replaced by Vindman statues. Matter of fact, I hear it's going to be called Vindman DC very soon. He was a freaking national hero. And this guy Scheller is canned within hours. You know what, though? I mean, I know it's a slightly different time, but you know, Lincoln fired one general after another while a war was going on because they wouldn't do what he told them to do. And Trump could have fired these guys. I mean, he just was complacent about it. He didn't think it was that big of a deal. And, you know, he made some errors in judgment. And that's one of them. Um, I'll defend him just for the fun of arguing about it. I don't think he had any clue how bad it could possibly be that so many people were willing to bald-faced lie about so many issues. And that whether it's Christie um, recommending people to him or whether it's generals lying to his face about what's going on in Afghanistan, I think- Or maybe he's, maybe he's just part of the lies. I mean, you know, is Ted Cruz's father still a part of the, the JFK assassination? I mean, Trump participated in that just as much as anybody else. Oh, I think he just it. thought he could win that battle. Well, I'm not saying he wins any awards for truth telling, but I don't think anybody taking that job has a clue how entrenched the corruption and the lying is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, by the way, I was raised to think a general almost by definition was an honorable person. And the only, you know, the only, one of the few honorable generals was quite possibly Michael Flynn. And that turned out really well for him. Now, I was furious when Trump dumped him right away. I think that was a horrible, horrible move. He was pressured into it, but I think it was horrible what he did. But I don't necessarily believe generals do have any principles anymore. And that, that's a really scary thought. Yeah, where are we? Generals don't have principles. Medical scientific community doesn't have principles. Because people know to get to the top, you have to go in only one direction. And that is absolutely unbelievable. So speaking of Flynn, so we had this story that Flynn was debanked um, by Chase. I believe he was undebanked, if I can coin a ridiculous word. 
with Chase. And they apologized, right? Oops, sorry. It was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that they said the same thing. They deplatformed the mother of one of the people killed over in Afghanistan from one platform, maybe another platform. I don't think they've yet said, whoops, that was a mistake. But I know Instagram backtracks. So they're often incorrectly deleted. It's really amazing how these mistakes happen. I don't know know all the details of their backtrack, but I'd be willing to wager they looked only at what she had said. And and then once she found out a little bit more about her, they backtracked. But I don't think that, I, I, I think it's a ruse. I think, you know, they just got caught and they would have continued to keep her off if they hadn't for, I don't know. You know, the debanking, I think, is unbelievably scary. And this has been happening already for a long time, though, right? I mean, this kind of thing I'm sorry? Not new. What's that? This kind of, this kind of thing has, is not new. I mean, weren't we talking about this very kind of thing last year, even, where, you know, they're going to start coming after your wallet and how you can spend money and what you can buy as a mechanism, you know, started with gun control, right? If we can't make guns illegal, we can essentially prevent you from buying them. Choke point and stuff like that. But getting letters from your bank, we're no longer willing to do business with you, I think is within the last year. And like I say, it's a whole bunch of very big banks. It's Mm -hmm. not like Chase is doing it to move to Citibank. So many and what do you do if they all do it? Well, if the writers... Sorry, Jody, go ahead. I was just going to say, if the right were smart, and sadly, the right is not smart, uh, uh, we would be investing in that parallel economy where already seeing the writing on the wall. The writing on the wall is the left owns our mechanisms of, you know, paying it, for things and borrowing money. And if we don't have a parallel uh, system set up, they control it all. And eventually we'll be stuck standing there saying, oh, look, I can't get a credit card. I can't get a loan from a bank because they're all leftists. Oh, wow. shoot. I wish we would have, you know, thought about that ahead of time and created, you know, systems where we can lend each other money and still, you know. I, I think it gets a little bit more complicated than that when you're, you're talking about it. An, an, entire, an entire financial system that everything is connected. I mean, we, we could have another bank, another credit card, but if the merchant doesn't want to take us because we don't have a COVID shot, you know, <laughs> I mean, you can't open a bank. You need permission. And you can't obviously open a credit card. You need permission. I know Dan Bongino has his own payment thing up now, like a PayPal as an alternative, which is wonderful. But it, you, you're not allowed to, by government law, open up. Well, I, th- I mean, ultimately, you, you look at several prongs where they're trying to control us. And one is obviously healthcare. I mean, I thought we'd probably need full blown government healthcare, even though we're probably about three quarters of the way there anyway, but COVID has given them, uh, you know, the cause to just control, control us from that perspective. Now you have banks and financial institutions controlling our money, right? Uh, and so they're, they're controlling us from just about at every angle at, at this point. So, well, you know, we have, we have plenty of creative thinking minds who can think outside the box on how to, you know, build some sort of infrastructure and, around this. And certainly we have plenty of people with money who could invest in it for whatever reason, people on the right 
generally aren't as interested in saving society as the people on the left are interested in destroying society. So just I don't know. To, I'm just, I'm a cynic. Just and to add, to add challenge to you, Ed, almost every show you finish with the best line, Jody uh, just took it. Okay. I was just going to say the other, the other, the other prong of course is the environmental side where they're, they're able to con control us. So. You mean well, climate change being a public health crisis? Mm, uh, sure, exactly. And then it's game over totally. I mean, we know banks. Banks are so heavily regulated, and they're so intimately connected to the Federal Reserve, and, and to and to the Office of Controller Currency and and other regulatory agencies. I have a hard time seeing them as as purely private entities in the first place. But even insofar as they are, again, we just need to play hardball. I mean, the, the proper response is, okay, well, if that's your, if that's the way you want to play business, we think that antitrust should come in, should step in. Maybe you need to be broken up. Maybe you're a little too big for your britches. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, I'm not a big proponent of antitrust as a general proposition, but I mean, if, if these tools are going to be used against us, we sure as hell should be ready to use them against them. And we should, you know, Republican candidates and Republican leg legislators should, should be on that antitrust bandwagon and should be on the regulatory bandwagon because banks are regulated, highly regulated. And the same way that the left goes after the regulators, we should go for, after them too. And we should put pressure on them. And I mean, I understand right now under the Biden administration, there's not going to be a whole lot of uh, progress, but they should, they should be on notice that if and when there's an administration change, it's not going to be that they have to go up, come up with some bigger co campaign contributions. They're going to be broken up. They're going to be subject to regulation. They're going to be subject to, to having their businesses totally disrupted the way they're disrupting Michael Flynn's life and other people's lives. And that's the way to get back at them. You got to hit I them the way they're hitting us. It's also obviously worth asking if Chase were to refuse bank accounts to someone starting up a business to perform transsexual operations, we would have lawsuits within a blink of an eye. And judges would say, you're right. not allowed to turn down any kind of business like that, public accommodations, blah, 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 blah. But they would- but I notice- Seconds and they would win. And, and again, notice these mistakes that they apologize for only go one way. Yeah. I mean, have they ever mistakenly taken Hillary Clinton down? Have they ever mistakenly taken Joy Reid down? Have they ever mistakenly taken Chris Cuomo down? No, never. Ever. The Taliban, have they ever mistakenly done right. that? Right. No, they, they don't have a problem with the Taliban or the, or the head of Iran or, or whatever else, 100%. <laughs> but again, who's fighting, which is why, you know, I keep going back besides blaming the media. The states have to take it on. There was a story in our show notes about the big tech thing is going to be up to the states because they're a little bit more nimble, slightly more nimble and if they could find any ways to pass muster, to pass a judge, they could inflict heavy damage. A state as large as Florida could inflict damage on big tech. And maybe those are the only places to really put pressure because the federal government is not doing it. You have a handful, you have Gates and a few others saying we're not taking money from big tech, but for the most part, they own everybody. Yeah. Crickets. I mean, if you look at the whole January 6th thing, you're not allowed to even mention, God forbid, that there's any questions whatsoever about the election or big tech will take that down. So 
Right. And as we alluded to earlier, you mentioned the McCarthy statement. I mean, big tech, you know, the phone companies are being requested to cooperate with Pelosi's commission. To, to now, it reminds me, father should rest in peace, used to request I bring him a Coke. Now, he had, it was a synonym of request, which was sort of far to the right of demand or else. But yeah, he requested, and I guess I officially had the right to say no. And I'm sure the phone companies aren't the least bit intimidated by Congress asking them for something. I mean, given the way Bank of America voluntarily turned information over without even being asked in the first place, I don't even know that they needed to be asked, but, you know. Or they were asked unofficially at a bar one night or, or who knows what. Right. So wouldn't it be neat if you turned over this stuff? Yeah, very, very scary. Right. Which is, I mean, that's and that's why I think that McCarthy's statement needed to be even stronger than it was, but. I really don't have any hope for McCarthy to ever have a spine. Is there any basis to ever think he would have one? Nope, not unless he was selling it to a lobbyist or something. <laughs> we saw this story in Virginia. They're paying out $1.3 million because they wouldn't let somebody use the bathroom he wanted. Yeah. I mean, you talk about one-sided and you talk about a culture going downhill. And by the way, they never mentioned it. That's actually taxpayer money, God forbid. And just once again, that, that side, they just keep fighting and keep pounding and keep pounding until they win every single way. And every other school board in the country looks at this and says, it ain't worth it to us. If we fight in the other direction, this direction is going to crush us. If we fight on this side, the other side, man, they'll maybe they'll open up one tiny lawsuit and then they'll run away with their tails between the legs. They're not stupid. And then you wonder why even in decent states, school boards and other types of boards give in. Yes, well, back to what I just said earlier, the enthusiasm on the left to take down society is very high. Mm -hmm. The, um, the, what's the word, the inertia for the right to overcome is just, there it's not going to happen right well like i've mentioned many times before it's more true of libertarians than conservatives but still true of conservatives we are by definition we believe in the individual and we don't tend to join a beehive that quickly right we work together the way they do they naturally run like ants or bees into a hive and they fight together and it's a very unfair well, fight let me ask you this though so and maybe even looking over historically through time, the group that tends to control everyone with all the hysteria and this high energy, don't sleep, destroy the community. I'm wondering, maybe they're actually a very small group, uh, but they're very effective until they're not, until the bigger group gets to the point where they will no longer. And then the bigger group is bigger and will fight and so I wonder if that's just this perpetuating over and over theme of how societies work. We'll never learn. It will always be this tiny little sliver of society that uh, essentially takes society to its knees until society decides to stand up. I don't know. If uh, it goes back to the whole notion of the silent majority, right? And uh, every now and then that silent majority wakes up, but it tends, yeah. to, and it tends to we, be fle fleeting. 
Wait, we, we, we take a very long time to wake up. Yeah, but when we wake up, we just elect more people to Congress whose knife is in the back anyway. Well, I don't know. Or, or you know, again, going over history is that that's where the civil wars and the world wars begin is when the silent majority wakes up and says no. Now, I understand well, Tucker's in trouble for mentioning revolt the other day. Uh, I didn't hear that he's in trouble. He did mention revolt. Yes. He's getting a lot of flack from the left wing press that he, he used that word. Wait, so, oh, I mean, horrible. that's probably the least of the things they yell at him for, yeah. right? I mean, he's he's getting onslaught from the left all the time, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, God forbid anybody would look at the New Hampshire Constitution, which basically codifies revolution. Yeah. But yeah, again, they, they have us cowed and, you know, they have their sedition acts, et cetera, et cetera. And it's very hard. So what are we going to well, do if it's not through voting? You can't say the word rebellion because you'll be hung for treason. So where do you go? Well, you know, getting, you know, just commenting on what Jody was saying a minute ago, and I guess the conversation was a minute ago, you know, Winston Churchill said that Americans always do the right thing after they've tried every other alternative. <laughs> and I think that's where we are right now. We, we're trying every other alternative. We're, we, we're giving every benefit of the doubt. And I think that Little by little, people are starting to realize that there's no there's no benefit of the doubt to be given to these leftists that they're they're out to destroy this country. And I think the Afghanistan debacle is is a real eye opener on that, because as I was mentioning a few minutes ago, the the way the withdrawal was handled was so childishly stupid that it, it, it couldn't have been a mistake. I mean, it's just it's not possible that it was a mistake. It was clearly intentional clearly designed to hurt America and to hurt American citizens that are left there. I mean, who are, who are you saying that is trying to hurt us? The Democrat Party, Joe Biden. What was it that? I, I don't know. I'm trying to get my head around that. And it's not that I put it past them for having evil intent. I just I feel like I see that there's a cultural issue involved in that bureaucracy known as the military. And then we have a a, a president who has dementia and is a basically a puppet at this point. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure if it was intentional. I'm not sure if I can go there yet. Well, I don't know There's if it was no intentional way. on his part, but whoever's pulling his strings, it was intentional. Well, and it Maybe. certainly the cover up is intentional. I mean, they just like that's their mo though. They just Inten lie. intentional on Biden's part, or you're saying? other people that were involved in the decision making i think that they that biden and obama installed a whole bunch of military leaders that are on board with destroying the united states and i think they jointly decided we're going to hurt this country that's what i think i think that it was it wasn't just one or the other neither one was forcing it on the other they acted in tandem they acted together and their goal was to to harm this country there is no reasonable military commander who would leave all those weapons, vehicles, helicopters behind. There's no rational explanation for closing Bagram Air Force Base instead of using that as, as your, your uh, evacuation point. There's, there's just there's too many things that went wrong that it, it couldn't have been a coincidence. It couldn't be. Uh, unless unless there's just a culture of incompetency and nobody wants to take ownership of anything. And I mean, 
that level of incompetence would mean that these guys couldn't cross the street without getting run over. It is pretty extreme. It, it is pretty extreme incompetence. Okay, I, I'm not ruling anything out. I just. I'm going to have yeah. to agree with Ed. I hate to do this. I'm supposed to argue, but I think he's 100% right. And whether it's by oh. the string pullers, whoever they may be, I think there is a purposeful movement okay. to take the country down. We don't want to be exceptional. Remember Obama? I'm Whereas exceptional. I've got a question. Yeah. Okay, so I could see, I think, and this is just my guess, I think that Obama truly loathes the United States and all that it stands for, secretly, somehow. I don't know. That's just my feeling. Yeah. But I don't see the same with Biden. Like, so what it what would be Biden's motives? You know, money? Is that money? He's bought and paid for by the Chinese, and the Chinese wanted this. Okay. So it's just money. The wholly owned subsidiary of China and Ukraine. Throw the U.S. under the bus for money. Okay. Yeah, as much as he's still sentient, yeah, he's bought and paid for and doesn't really care. I don't think Biden is an ideologue the way Obama was. I think he's in it for the money and power and the glory and whatever else he gets. Obama was a revolutionary. We know that. Definitely an ideologue, a Marxist, definitely into taking down the country. And I think Ed's right. The people in charge were all installed and backed by that. Mm. And they just could never stand the fact that there's something that makes America special, the whole individualism, the whole freedom thing. We want, we literally want China to be the superpower of the world and not us. And that is so shocking to, I think, what used to be called the American conscience. But I don't know any other way of looking at it than that. I think this is a prelude to the Chinese invasion of Taiwan, which I've been mentioning for, I mean, really since Biden was inaugurated. I mean, that's coming. I think it's going to be after the Olympics because I don't think they want to blow all the money that they're going to make on the Olympics by having everybody come in and visit. But I think I think if I were in Taiwan... Uh, I would be I'd be on the market trying to buy nuclear weapons. And if and if I if the government wasn't able to, I'd be if I'm a Taiwanese citizen, I'd be getting the hell out as fast as I could. Yeah, I definitely would be selling my house. All right, we've wowed everybody into silence again. So we can have a timely manner today. I want everybody to talk about now what we didn't talk about so we can close in a timely fashion. And I am using adverbs correctly, unlike our president who didn't, but we'll leave it at that. Um, One thing I didn't bring up, maybe it was last week, I losing track of the time was the whole Ashley Babbitt thing. And obviously it was a big issue to begin with that uh, the fact that somebody who was um, really not a threat uh, when the people went into the Capitol was shot in cold blood. And uh, I just, I, I mean, it's just appalling that this officer is just going to get away with this when we certainly know if the situation was totally reversed and BLM went into the Capitol and was protesting something and some black protester got shot by some white officer, there wouldn't have been a simple, uh, you know, he's cleared situation here, but it's, uh, to me, I find it shocking. It's it's appalling, and I think it shows that how the powers that be can simply um, gun somebody down and not have any consequence. 
Uh, do you see it that way, the Ashley Babbitt shooting? I see it as, I mean, the, the officer who, who admits to shooting her is the same guy who left his gun in a bathroom two years ago. This, is, this guy is clearly not a, a highly decorated, respected capital, member of the Capitol Police. I see it as, I mean, she, like Mike said, she was not a threat to anybody. She was not armed. I mean, how many times have we huh. had to listen to, you know, the Michael Brown story about, you know, hands up, don't, sh you, know, not, right. you know, don't shoot, right? She had no weapon. He had no, the, this officer had oh, no, no, no reasonable basis to believe that she was a threat. Right. And, and, you know, what's that, Mike? Well, I was going to say, I mean, the excuses, and they were excuses that he was making for explaining away what he did. I mean, if she was worth gunning down, then certainly the rest of them were. Why didn't he keep shooting? If he felt that there was such a threat. Right. Right. Although, I mean, why did he shoot her? I mean, I don't know. I can't answer why he picked her. Um, I don't know if she was a predetermined target. Um, I don't I, know. Again, I, 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 we can make these comparisons of BLM and all, like I did, but I, I think as you say, Ed, you got to look at the big picture. And the big picture is, the difference here is the powerful in Washington, the Nancy Pelosi's, the AOC's and all of those, they're more important than everybody else, right? So if somebody got gunned down while they went into the Capitol that day, um, so be it, there's gonna be no justice for that person. We're gonna sweep it under the rug because they care more about themselves than every, everybody else. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I'm not saying it's hundred percent wrong, but I think that the purpose of shooting her was to further the narrative of insurrection. They needed to shoot somebody in order to, to make the claim that there was an insurrection at that, at that given moment, that's yes. what's going through that cop's head. Um, I don't know if that was going through his head. I don't know if they were told beforehand that somebody needs to be shot. I, I don't know. Um, I think he royal, he royally screwed up. He, he should have never shot her. I don't know what the hell is going through his mind, but the aftermath becomes a big political issue. Well, right. you can shoot someone on the right and it's going to be justified yeah. by the media and our legal system. You shoot somebody on the, on the left and it's- You're never going to oh, get away with you know, it. It's, yeah, it's national news forever. Yeah, no, no question about it. Yeah, and I think it's totally sad that her death is swallowed up by so many much bigger stories. And it really doesn't even make a big splash. It's, it's really sad. Well, it'll be interesting if the husband tries to go after him civilly. And he doesn't have immunity? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm not aware of that, if he is or not. The cop well, he was probably acting in the, he's gonna, his defense is going to be that he was acting in the course of his duties. Well, he has to prove that, doesn't he? No, you have to prove that he wasn't, I think. Well, then you got to let the facts come out, right? I mean, where are the facts? They're not going to be let out by the government. Why would the government want those, what is this, hour, thousands of hours of video or something they have? Mm -hmm. They're not mm -hmm. going to let this stuff. You know, some people are talking about the comparison between the mother of the Marines or the mothers of the Marines and remember good old Cindy Sheehan who was the Greta Thunberg of her time. Mm -hmm. yep. 
that lady was so famous. What with like a thousand people who hung out with her from the press. Do you want to? I'm sorry. Did you want to remind people that story? Because I need a little refresher yeah, myself. Her son was killed in Afghanistan or Iraq or something, and then she mm-hmm. camped out at George Bush's vacation home of Crawford Ranch in Texas, and yeah. the press just mobbed her, and she was the story for months and months and months until they dropped her like a potato. I forget why. But she was the most important person in the United States because Bush killed her son. So I guess the press can care about one military person. I'm sorry. I was looking at my watch. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I think he's disoriented as to time anyway. How how pitiful of us as as a country that we don't get what Mm. a laughing stock we are. So, you know, the big story is, did he or did he not fall asleep when talking to the prime minister of Israel? And it's actually been a big story out there. And the Israelis had to make a public statement saying, of course, he didn't fall asleep. But, uh, gee, I wonder who said they had to make that statement. And there's been about 10 fact checks on it. And there's different camera angles. Did he or did he not fall asleep? But I don't think anybody's challenging the fact that he sat there with an iPad on his lap and read his statement out. Well, maybe he, maybe he didn't fall asleep. He was already asleep when he came in the room. I mean, does anybody ever remember a president in the Oval Office reading off an iPad? Well, iPads are new. They read off the teleprompter, though. Not when they're in those settings after um, summits and stuff. They usually just, you know, they chat about what they talked about. And they generally remember and you don't have to have prepared statements. I'm pretty sure that he must have an earpiece and they're telling him what to say. And his line about they instructed me who to call, that, that is so, uh, yeah. it literally makes you shiver. And he doesn't even understand what he's saying. Yeah. Well, the, the other issue that came up too was the, uh, the service dogs, though. It's interesting. I went online and the fact checkers were, were going to town on that. They're claiming that uh, the dog's, belong to people who live there and not necessarily were uh, service dogs, military I, service actually, dogs. What I heard was they asked the dogs and the dogs said they wanted to stay in Afghanistan. Yeah. And they took out those who wanted to leave. You know what? Uh-huh. So did all of hey. you know our planes and our guns and our, they wanted to stay in Afghanistan. All that military equipment we left yeah. behind, they yeah. just didn't want them. And the dogs oh, were guarding listen. the equipment. All, all yeah, I know- yeah. all, all wanted all, to stay. All I know is service dogs matter. <laughs> Ooh, no matter what color they are. We should make a t-shirt, huh? Very sad. Okay, anybody else have something they want to chime in on? I do real quick. I'm away. touched on it briefly about, you know, um, the, the school that paid 1.3 million for the trans bathroom. And, you know, on that similar subject, if anybody hasn't watched, I like to watch Dave Rubin. I don't know if you guys know Dave Rubin much, but I like him. We have, you know, the similar used to be leftist story. He interviewed Abigail Schreier, who talks about this problem and, you know, this ushering in of our young girls, um, in especially young girls, to transition from female to male. And 
kind of part of what was in that story with the 1.3 million was this Biden administration and the leftist push to not allow dissent from parents. They're not allowed, you know, healthcare providers, whoever, they're not allowed to talk this person out of it. They have to usher them. It's called affirmative therapy. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's another example of how the left does, they're not interested in thinking about talking about any other aspect of the subject other than what they want you to see. You know, the, the damage that's done long-term to some of these girls who it, they're just following a fad and they end up not being able to have children and they end up unhappy and, you know, bad things happen. <clears throat> the left never wants to have that discussion. <clears throat> but I just urge anybody to listen, uh, watch the interview that Dave Rubin did with Abigail Schreier. It's very illuminating. Um, and um, again, I think it just continues to highlight how the left just is really interested in being destructive and having no interest in having any dialogue that might um, highlight damage because of what they do. Amen. I got a couple of things to just quickly just touch upon. Um, I guess the first thing is last week, I think Ed, Ed Powell and I debated whether this was the beginning of the end for Biden. And Ed, as I recall, predicted very confidently that Biden will definitely make it through the end of 2021. Uh, I'm not yet ready to say he definitely won't make it through 2021, but I am pretty confident to say right now that I think that the end is coming um, and I think the end is near. I think it's probably nearer than we all realize. Um, I think that Biden has alienated the intelligence community and the military. He's blamed everybody um, and he's lost allies. His media allies are all attacking him. And I I don't see how he survives. I think that whoever is really in charge, whoever is the one who's telling him who he can call on, who he can't, has made the determination that Biden himself is more of a liability than an asset at this point. And I expect that he's going to be gone before we realize it. Uh, before very long. So um, that's number one. Uh, Second thing, uh, I'm seeing a lot of never Trump people taking uh, taking shots at Biden over over the withdrawal. And just point blank, my my response to them is to shut up. I don't want to hear from them. Uh, They're the ones who helped get Biden elected. Um, And for them to be complaining about any of this, is, is almost as outrageous as, as the things that Biden himself is doing. We all knew that this is who Biden was. We all knew this is what the Democrat Party was. Uh, and these jerks told us that, that Trump was the, was the real problem and Trump was the real issue. We, we've all criticized Trump on this show. We, we criticized him just today. I know I have. Um, so we're not blind cult followers of Trump. But to say that he was the problem, the way the never Trumpers did, uh, and to pave the way for Biden to come in, uh, those people don't have standing to complain about anything that happens. All the blood that's on Biden's hands is on their hands too. Um, So that's number two. And then uh, one of the stories that you sent in the show notes was about um, digitalizing the vaccine passports. And I just, you know, I, I, 
another one of my big bugaboos on this show has been that a digital currency is coming. And I just see this, you know, larger, you know, they're trying to attempt to regulate and uh, not just regulate, but regiment our lives through electronic surveillance. And I think that's all part of the same plan. Um, I still think that a digital currency is coming probably next year. Um, but I just see the, the you know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a more global issue. It's not just a localized issue to currency. Um, they're trying to, to regiment our entire lives, make every action we do, whether it's a medical decision or a, a purchase at the store or whatever, uh, something that they can surveil instantaneously and either uh, block or, or reward, depending upon who and what we do. Um, and I think it's something that, that we need to be aware of and we need to, you know, we need to oppose first and foremost, but we need to be aware that it's coming and that that's the proposal and we can't get behind it. Uh, and we can't, uh, we can't be afraid of being accused of being opposed to progress because that's what it's going to be. That's how it's going to be built. It's going to be built as progress and it's going to be built as anti-terrorists and, um, we need to be prepared for that. So those are my quick hits. Maybe they weren't so quick, but that's my, uh, that's my closing. But they so were excellent anyway. What? Remember, they were excellent. And remember, it was Trump that they said was going to wreck our relationships with our allies. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> of course, I, I believe Parliament today rebuked Biden over Afghanistan. And it's not the first time. So, okay. hey, can I just, before we close real quick, can we maybe, because at what you brought up with Biden being... This is, I think, worthy of a longer conversation. So hopefully maybe we can bring this back up next week. Yes, because my, my crazy prediction is that Kamala will be gone first. Okay. I have a lot of, I want, I want to get into this a little more next week if we could. Sounds good. <laughs> and next week we're going to be a different day and time. So stay tuned on Facebook. We will put that up, and this show should be up as a podcast within an hour or so. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Have a great All right, week. guys. Good show. Thanks.